You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Julie Newman, VP of Marketing at Teslio. Julie, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. Yeah, so I think this ties in a little bit to the the topic we're going to dig into today. But I think one of the most memorable moments for me came actually right at the beginning of the pandemic, where we it, it was sort of the biggest project I had ever worked on, obviously started before the lockdowns on rebranding our company, my last company at Snow Software. So literally everything changed, logo, messaging, narrative, everything but the name. So it was, it was a massive project. And then you know, we would have hoped to have some massive, huge in-person event where we could launch to the mm. whole company. And of course, everyone was sitting at home on their kitchen table. So I, yeah. I did this massive presentation to the entire company in silence, just to Zoom. It was just me and a screen and trying to get everyone super excited. And, and it really was amazing, though. It was, it was an opportunity to really bring the company together when things were really hard. We mm-hmm. had a ton of excitement. We sent these new brand boxes to everyone at home. And I think it was, you know, something we all really, really needed that was unusual and different, but it wasn't just launching the brand. It was actually bringing everyone together at a time when the world was really difficult and hard. So it was, there was a lot of really incredible emotional meaning in that whole experience and definitely something I will remember for the rest of my career. Yeah, very cool, right? I mean, on on the one hand, that obviously must have sucked. Like everyone was looking forward to this big (laughs) moment together and you can celebrate. But on the other hand, Right. Like nobody knew what was going on. Suddenly you're all apart. So at least you had an event that you could all rally around, even if it was remote. We did. And I mean, like I said, you know, we sort of like sent these boxes to everyone that showed up at home and like all of a sudden there was this connectedness and this message that brought everyone together and people could believe in. And and it was a moment where people needed things to believe in. And so I think it was just it was really awesome to see the impact of that because it, it, it didn't just impact our go-to-market, what we were mm-hmm. doing from the marketing perspective, our whole sort of company narrative. It, it really did impact the employees and how we all came together as a team and people really got to rally. So it was, uh, it was really unique. I think that's sort of the fun thing about marketing is all the mm-hmm. different parts of a company you actually do get to impact. It's not always just about, you yeah. know, are you getting leads? It's, uh, there's a lot of things that we can do from our seat. Yeah, 100%. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Now, you were at Snow Software. Now you're at Teslio. So say a few words about Teslio. What do you guys do? Yeah, so we are a software testing company. And I say company, not tool platform, because we actually bring a whole bunch of things together to deliver smarter testing. So we're sort of a three-part solution. We have an incredible network of 10,000 freelance quality experts, ranging from users, manual testers, quality engineers, um, all sort of available around the globe on demand. My VP of sales likes to call it an Uber for testing, right? So you can get who you need Mm -hmm. when you need to come in and do testing. We also have a platform where all of the management of those testers, your own test management, automated testing, all of that can happen in our platform. So it's sort of single way to bring all those pieces together, as well as we layer on really strategic managed services. So uh, it's not just sort of releasing people with just a tool, trying to figure out how to manage testers. We have some really incredible folks in-house that work with people to do strategically what they need, get their projects done. So so basically we, we take that whole solution and really help people get much higher bar of quality on their software, but also release faster, 
release more reliably, you know, really work around an agile sort of mm -hmm. uh, software development cycle, because for a lot of people, testing is still a bottleneck. It's sort of the last remaining yeah. bottleneck in a DevOps process that's been highly automated. And, and we do do some automated testing, but testing also mm -hmm. can't be completely automated. But the two sort of yeah. things you can't 100% automate in that process are the coding and the testing. You know, you're building with people for people. You need people to test and help with quality as well. So mm -hmm. we're really able to bring in that multi-tiered solution and help people uh, kind of with everything that they need to do successful testing. And um, we have some really awesome clients. We've done the Super Bowl a couple times. We have the mm -hmm. NBA. We also have people like Microsoft and SAP and some really cool up and coming startups like VinoVest. Um, so a lot of really neat clients we get to work on, a lot of cool apps. It's a, it's a really very global distributed by design company. So, you know, mm -hmm. we have a, a large global footprint and really get to bring a lot of really interesting customers and testers together to create opportunities for both of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, really cool. And, and I know this is a new way of, of handling testing, right? As you yes, said, it's often, a bottle, it's often a bottleneck. And so you guys are introducing kind of a, a new concept, like testing as a service, right? Like a TAS yes. company. Yeah, right. And so now, what have been your main challenges as a marketing leader in introducing this new way of thinking a new way of doing things to the market? Because I know that that can have its it's pluses and minuses, right? On the one hand, yeah. you're kind of first to market and it's like, hey, we have this exciting new idea. But on the other hand, people haven't thought of this before probably, or it's new. So what, what have been your main challenges there? Yeah, so it's interesting. This is something I've done a couple times in my career. And it's actually one of the things I, I get most excited about as a marketer when you get to bring something totally new to market. So I've sort of done it in the B2C space. I was at Map My Fitness. We coined the term connected fitness. The mm -hmm. first people that kind of brought that to market when you started, people started wearing you know, tracking devices and your apps and stuff like that. And then, you know, also done it a couple times now in the B2B space. So worked at B2B reviews, kind of how do we talk about that and the customer voice revolution. Um, it was a big part of what we did at Snow. So, um, you know, creating a new approach. They were traditionally a software asset management tool provider, sort of quite a, a, a niche. People just sort of thought of that as more of a commodity, but we were really taking a new way of doing that and pulling together, you know, not just traditional software, but SaaS and cloud and all of that stuff and giving people a truly comprehensive look at what was going on in their IT ecosystems with technology intelligence. So that was a, a new concept that we brought to market there. And and now at Teslio, it's sort of how do we talk about this new way of doing software testing? So it's been in process for a while. We are still in the early stages of doing that. And how do we talk about it? We have a concept called networked testing. We have our network of people, but we're also networking in with our different solutions to, to help people do testing better. But it's a, it's a process. It's a journey, right? So I mm -hmm. think that that's one of the trickiest parts. A lot of people think of, we're going to launch a new concept, whatever that is, right? Is it a new category, a new term, a new way of doing things? It's just to be this big launch. It's just like come out of nowhere, right? And it's just to drop it on the market and everything's going to just kind of roll from there. And in my experience, it's, it's not really how it works, right? So there's a ton of work up front to really think about, you know, my, my biggest advice to people is really thinking about where you're starting from. Listen to your customers, really think about your messaging, think about that concept. What is the concept? A lot of people think it's it's always has to be category creation, not necessarily. It could be a philosophy, a way of doing something, you know, an, an approach. It doesn't always have to be yeah. a category, the way that we think of categories and Gartner or something like that. And then, you know, 
listen to the words that people are using and ground yourself in those words. So, you know, one thing I think can be tricky is people come up with a big new concept, then everything else underneath it is this big new concept too. And, and, mm. and so I kind of have a rule, like you get one new word, <laughs> you know, so you get, you get one new concept that no one's heard about because you need your new concept. You should be an idealist. You should be looking ahead, but you need to be a realist. Right. And so mm -hmm. frame stuff in a way that people can understand it and approach it. So, you know, for when we did this at Snow with technology intelligence, it was like, hey, this is a new word, no one's heard of it. But software asset management, everyone knows that. SaaS management, everyone knows mm -hmm. that. You know, cloud management. And then we sort of couched it in the language of BI and, you know, how do you use that data to make more intelligent decisions? So sort of creating a framework where people have something that they can, you know, connect with and is familiar to them and then you know, it kind of helps them make the jump to the bigger, more idealistic, exciting new idea. And so how can you sort of step people along? So I mm -hmm. think, you know, really making sure you're doing that, you're listening to the customers, you're building from sort of known concepts into the known and really thinking about how you're doing that. And then, you know, really think about what, what is it? Like, what is this new thing that you're taking to market? Um, and, and then how do you want to judge it? How do you want to measure it? And based on what that is, sort of how do you want to start seeding how you would get it out into the market? Yeah. C can you give me an example of how you've done that at Testlio with the testing as a service concept? How have you introduced yeah. that to the market? And, how, and, and what have you learned from your customers that, that's helped guide you along the way? Yeah. So, you know, I think this idea of, of, thought leadership is probably it's a little bit overused, right? When people are like, oh, we'll just kind of create that tag and put it on something. I think like where you really do need this concept of thought leadership, right? Like going in with new ideas and leading a market with those new ideas, that's when you're you're introducing a new concept. Um, so we really look at some of what people would, would probably think of as traditional thought leadership channels, right? So webinars, podcasts, how are you doing blogging, long form content research. I love doing research where you can actually get some data and then again, grounding in something that's very known. So we mm -hmm. we're actually working on our first big research report right now at Teslio. It's something I've done in the past and love it. So it's like get some real concrete data that helps to support your new ideas and then kind of taking that out there and having real people deliver those messages. Right. So we do have an awesome director of comms and we've been doing a whole bunch of speaking engagements and, mm -hmm. and podcast engagements. So how can we get we have a fabulous founder. Let's get her out there at partner events. We have a really incredible chief client officer, we actually just went to Women of Silicon Valley, which is in a traditional event for testing, ton of women in tech, a really great audience. She was able to talk about some of the different challenges that we can help solve as part of a panel. And so looking for those opportunities to be like, let's have real people delivering the message. Let's let's mm. get it in real words and and start to kind of take those steps forward. The other part of that is it's consistency, like mm. consistent, mm. consistent, like once you start using a term, use that term, like yeah. get it in there, like don't have conflicts in your messaging. So really start to think about like, okay, if we're going to mm -hmm. take this new idea out to market, um, how are we consistently talking about it? Like, let it get some traction, make sure it's everywhere, go in and check all those things, make sure that these people that are taking it to market are talking about it in a similar way, right? If you want it to be in the voice of real people, you know, try to get those real people, they can put their own unique spin on it. That's good. But are they, are they saying a consistent message? So it's sort of adding up in the market. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, just looking at, at those sorts of, of things and how you're sort of 
bringing it out, like I said, step by step. Don't expect it's going to go out overnight. Like yeah. you can do the big press release, like sometimes big company events. So we did a, a Series B announcement shortly after I joined Teslio. And it was one of those opportunities where you're like, okay, let's talk about what we do, right? Let's talk about yeah. these new concepts. Great hook for that. But you don't just do that one release and it's done and it's out there in the market. You need to continue to work on it and build the momentum and, and you'll start to see the results. You know, it took us a little bit when we did something similar at snow, but the results started to build up and, and you could mm -hmm. sort of see it over time, how stuff started to sort of saturate and get into the market. Yeah. Speaking of which, so how have you been measuring how well these efforts are working yeah. to, to get this concept out there? Like, how do you measure that? Yeah, so I think there's a couple ways to go about measuring it. So definitely do the traditional sort of brand measurement, you know, so things like traffic engagement. That was a big thing that we looked at when we first launched some of these concepts at Snow. Like, is it driving more traffic? Is it driving more engagement? Are we, are we increasing our reach and social? When you start to be able to tick those boxes, you're like, okay, so at a very top of funnel level where we haven't screwed things up or confused people like we're still getting people moving moving through the process we looked at stuff like messaging pull through right like are we starting to to see this term get used are the analysts kind of adopting it not necessarily like you know again you'll probably never get gartner to just completely change their category and take what you've had like wholesale and just plug it into their ecosystem but are they receptive to the ideas? Do they start writing about that when they're covering you? Are journalists writing about it? Are, is the idea exciting and getting more opportunities? Are your bylines getting picked up more, right? So sort of all of those things of like, are we, are we getting this kind of traction? And, and you know, sort of measuring that, I think with your, your traditional measurements, Another great one I like to look at is what are your competitors doing? So you've come mm -hmm. out with a new interesting idea. Are they responding? Are they coming out with something similar? Have they tried mm -hmm. to counter it? Like, again, they're probably not going to wholesale pick up whatever you said. They're going to want their own thing. So you certainly hope that you can make it out there first and your thing is better, right? You'd much rather be the leader than the follower on these things, which you know we've, we've been able to do that in some pre previous situations. It was very exciting mm -hmm. to see us kind of go out first and then oh, now watch, you know, this competitor is kind of doing a fast follow. They've redone mm. their homepage. They've repositioned their boilerplate, right? They've started right, to come out with a right. new term. And so you can sort of look for that as well. But I mean, I think the, the number one, like, is this a winning idea? And are you getting traction is, can you get customers to start using it? Right? Like, are they mm. excited about it? So mm. like, do they, does it make them feel empowered? And cooler and better and a leader in their space, right? Like if they're, you know, if they hear that term and they want to be associated with it and they're really picking it up, then, you know, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. That's a great point, right? There's that important emotional element to it. Yeah. And, and just seeing like, you know, part of coming up with some of these new concepts, a lot of times it's, how are you elevating what you do? Like, how are you taking it to another level? If it's not resonating with your customers and the people you really want to get to, you know, you're not going to get traction on it in the market, but if you can get people excited and talking about it, like I even think about, you know, a lot of things that happened in marketing with, you know, flip my funnel and everyone doing ABM and, you know, mm -hmm. those sort of concepts where people wanted to be, everyone wanted to go to inbound and be associated with inbound marketing in the beginning when HubSpot started to roll that out. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's sort of like, do you see people start to pick it up and embrace it? And are they inspired and empowered by it? And the easiest place to see that at the beginning is your existing customer base, you know, so yeah. mm -hmm. can you, 
can you do a webinar and get a customer to come on and talk about that concept? And are they excited to do it? Like, does it click mm -hmm. to them and they see how it applies to, you know, their current situation? And I think if you're starting to get some of those signals, you're heading in the right direction. And of course, everyone wants to hear from their peers, right? It's one of the most authentic Absolutely. ways to get an idea out there. So, you know, your customers say it and people they're connected to on LinkedIn start to see it. And, you know, it kind of has a way of making its way out there. Okay. Yeah. Great point. So now you, you touched on this before a little bit, but what, what, what's your advice for marketing teams that are in a similar position? They have a new concept, new way of doing things, and they need to introduce it to the market. Where do you begin that process? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do recommend coming, you know, start like you would with any sort of major marketing campaign or concept, like come up with a plan. Where do you want to get this? When, when we did our brand relaunch at Snow, which involved really getting this concept out to market, we'd been seeding it along the way, but that launch point was kind of like, okay, this is where everything switches over, right? So this is our opportunity. We've been talking about technology intelligence. We've been, you know, do a byline here, blog post here, get it out on a couple pages here, but like, we're going to redo the homepage completely. We're going to redo the about us page. We're going to make sure that these different parts of the website have this concept worked in, right? So it's sort of like give yourself that plan of how are you going to start getting it out there? You can kind of ramp up. You can do a big splash. There's a lot of ways to think about it, but rally your team around that, right? Because it's normally, it, it normally is something that's going to take a team. So, you know, I <laughs> best of luck to the marketer who tries to go solo on launching mm. a new concept. Yeah. I think it's going to be very hard, right? So, you know, it's no, it wasn't just the brand marketing team. It was how are you pulling in demand gen and field and product marketing? And then how are you getting out into the sales team and to the customer teams, you know, so sort of planning on how you get it distributed and you get into all your channels and you can sort of make it a team effort, you know, think about what you might want to measure. I, I, some of the most interesting things I've seen is, you know, causation, correlation, what are you looking at when, like kind of measure all of it, like bookmark where you started, what's happened, what needles have moved and what happened, haven't. It may not be what you think is going to change. I've seen that too. We, we did a big thing around this at Trust Radius and I was like, okay, I'm going to drive all these new vendors to come to the site and, you know, okay, well, I'm not really seeing that. Like, why not? Like, but then I kind of looked at a broader aperture of different analytics. And I was like, you know, what we immediately started to drive was buyer traffic and more buyers coming to the site. And then that's going to bring in more vendors. And, and you know, so you kind of never know of sort of like the, mm. the daisy chain of different analytics that may be happening. So Think about what you might want to measure, but, you know, make sure that's a pretty broad aperture and look at a lot of it and, you know, have your benchmarks going in. So you, you kind of know where you're starting and it's, it's never, it's rarely an overnight thing. It's normally a long-term thing. So, you know, keep tracking those metrics over time and see where they're heading. See if you're getting those good positive signals. And, and again, the consistency thing, just mm -hmm. really be consistent, work on all your assets as much as you can. Like once you start switching things over and you start getting a new concept out there, commit to it, be consistent, but be adaptable. You know, so I think one thing that we saw with technology intelligence was we had that idea. Then we went through the brand exercise and what it is sort of evolved. Like we were like, okay, we're it's a category, like traditional category. Mm -hmm. Have Gartner do technology intelligence. Not the case. They still don't do that. They might be doing something similar. I think we're finally starting to see, you know, there's some signals that that may be coming, but we really rethought the concept. Like, well, this mm -hmm. isn't really a category. It's a philosophy, actually. When we think about it, it's a way of doing something. So 
we can present it as a category in, in certain ways, but we can also look at it as like, you know what it is, is something just very unique to us about how we do stuff differently. And, and that's very much how we look at it at Teslio. Like we still sort of compete in some of these more traditional categories. What makes us unique is this approach to how we do testing, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's our differentiator. So, you know, Snow it was a philosophy at Teslio, it's a differentiator. It's how we actually say that we're different and do things better. So even if people say, well, we have this component or that component, it's like, well, how do you pull it all together to deliver better results? And that, you know, that's a different way of looking at a new concept. So, mm -hmm. so be a little bit flexible too on the back end, like get the consistency of your sure. terminology, but then, you know, these things can kind of have a life of their own. So how do you want to adapt? And as you see stuff being picked up in different ways, like how do you, change and and look at that and and let it grow on its own a little bit yeah i think that's a really important point and it's kind of a fine line because on the one hand mm -hmm. like you were saying you have to be willing to stick with something and not give up if it doesn't catch on right away right and yes. you know push it and be consistent and stay with it but at the same time when the signals start coming back being open to to reacting to them and maybe even pivoting and changing a little bit, evolving your concepts to, to yeah. achieve fit. It's like product market fit, right? Same for messaging, Absolutely. same for marketing. Yeah. I mean, you can't force people to adopt a new way of thinking. They're either, you know, they're going to embrace it in their own way or not. And you have to deal with that reality. It, it, a lot of these things are evolutions, right? Like I said, mm -hmm. like you'll think it's maybe a big splash, but it's really, it's same thing has happened when, you know, I we did the rebrand and I've done that twice now at two different companies. Yes, you sort of change the logo and everything changes overnight, but you also realize you sort of, you know, well, here, here's what I took out the door immediately. I guarantee you within like two weeks, you're going to find a use case you didn't think of, right? You're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I actually, how do we apply the brand? How do we apply this new concept, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, marketing is so fluid and you're constantly creating new things. It's a lot about, you know, how are you building and creating? You're going to come up with a use case you didn't think of, or you're going to come up with some sort of new application that like, there's not a rule book for that. So right. you know, that's one reason why it really evolves because you'll start to see new places you want to apply it, new ways you want to use the terminology or the concept. And, and that's where being a little bit flexible, like absolutely to your point, if you don't commit and give it a little bit of space, you know, not everything is going to work out. Like, so if you're really not seeing any signals, if stuff is just kind of dying on the vine, I mean, you know, that can be part of the evolution. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't the right fit, but you really should give it a good, I normally seen if you commit, if you've done the background work, if you've listened to the customers, if you've sort of built a framework in a logical way, like if it, if it really is aligned to a bigger vision, you're going to get some traction, but let that be organic traction. You know, mm. if you need to adapt and shift and, and let it evolve, that's what's going to help give it longevity. If you're, if you're very rigid about the application, consistency is not rigidity, right? Consistency is, you know, right. use the terminology, get it out there, being rigid, being like, this is the only way anyone can do it. You're going to probably back yourself into a corner and, and you may not see the results you want because you just might not be giving it a chance to go out there and adapt. And what is your audience telling you? What is What are your partners telling you? What are your customers yeah. telling you? What are analysts and media? And like when you're interacting with all these people outside of your bubble, be willing mm -hmm. to adapt a little bit. 100%. Well, 
so much more we could unpack, I'm sure. Yeah. But but that was that was awesome. So thank you so much for a great conversation. How can how can our listeners connect with you if they if they want to connect, if they want to continue the conversation? Yeah, LinkedIn. I think that's where I'm I'm sort of most active, most checking in. So Julie Newman, feel free to connect. I'm I'm always happy to talk shop or you know, if you guys have questions, ideas, please. It's an open door policy. Okay, wonderful. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can check that out and connect with you. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time and for a really fun conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.